0: News.
1: Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a diseases expert says now's a good time to relax some of the lockdown measures imposed in Hong Kong as the number of cases falls. The head of Beijing's liaison office says Hong Kong needs to introduce national security legislation as soon as possible and education authorities hint that it's very likely the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education examinations will proceed as scheduled on April the 24th. A disease expert says now is a good time to relax some of the anti-epidemic measures in Hong Kong with coronavirus cases at a low level. Hong Kong reported just three new infections yesterday. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says it'll be difficult to get the number of cases to zero and the public must be prepared for a cycle of recurring outbreaks.
2: It's a good time to relax a few of the measures and then keep an eye on the situation and see how it goes. What I can imagine might happen is that we gradually relax some of the measures and ourselves we relax our preventive behaviours and then there'll be an introduction of infection into the community somehow, maybe an outbreak, and then the measures will be tightened a little bit and we may go on like that for
3: weeks and even months.
1: The head of Beijing's liaison office says the whole of Hong Kong should fight against the idea of mutual destruction and forces endangering national security. Luo Huaining says the SAR should introduce relevant Article 23 legislation as soon as possible to combat radical violence, foreign interference, and pro independence forces. Damon Pang reports
3: The term mutual destruction has been used by some anti government protesters who say they want Beijing to burn with Hong Kong as the SAR goes down the drains. In a video to mark National Security Education Day, Mr Law said external forces had seriously intervened in Hong Kong affairs in recent years. He claimed the anti-government protests which erupted last summer dealt a major blow to the rule of law and were orchestrated by pro-independence and radical violent forces who threatened the safety of the nation and the bottom line of one country, two systems. Also referring to the protests, Chief Executive Carrie Lam said if the authorities didn't effectively stop what she called illegal activities that bordered on terrorism, it could escalate to the level of endangering national security.
1: The convener of the pro-democracy camp in the Legislative Council, the Civic Party's Tanya Chan, says she's worried the remarks by a Mr. Luo signal Beijing is ready to interfere into more domestic affairs of Hong Kong. The lawmaker said struggle is the last thing Hong Kong needs after months of anti-government protests and she urged Beijing officials to show restraint when commenting on local affairs. The chairman of the Hong Kong Association of the Heads of Secondary Schools, Teddy Tang, has said some 50,000 secondary students sitting the upcoming university entrance exams will be subject to strict temperature checks before they are allowed to enter examination centres. Mr Tang said social distancing measures will be in place to avoid crowding. For example, candidates will be allowed to start going into venues 40 minutes before exams to prevent queues. Authorities hinted that it's very likely the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education exams will proceed as scheduled on April the 24th, after being pushed back from March the 27th due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Consumer Council says it's found six alcohol rubs that contain the toxic ingredient methanol. It's also found 16 other products that were below the 75% alcohol concentration they claimed to be. It's asked authorities to investigate the products. Consumer Council spokeswoman Nora Tam said some of the products also had a lower volume than advertised.
4: The council
3: reminded traders not to take advantages of consumers by adopting unethical business practice at this critical anti-infection moment by selling products with forced trade descriptions or unsafe consumer products. Otherwise, it may run the risk of violating the trade description ordinance or consumer goods safety ordinance. The council will continue exchanging information with law enforcement agency and notify relevant department once unscripted sales practice were identified.
1: The council also received over 760 complaints in the first three months of this year regarding sales of protective gear like face masks and sanitising products. It said many people were upset that traders had failed to deliver products on time or even offer a refund when they couldn't get the products. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong, says it's been difficult in some cases to seek redress because payment was made into a personal bank account. She urged consumers not to use mobile phone payments to avoid potential scams.
4: The consumer has to be really smart and empower yourself uh, and stay rational about who you are going to make the transaction with. Um, if it is a, a, a proper merchant, um, they would provide all the information and terms and conditions that you need as a reference um, in making um, um, the purchase. Um, but if it is just um, a virtual shop, uh, without any repetition, without any record, without any contact information, and without, without any product description for you and even the terms uh, for you and even a dispute to uh, how, how they're going to handle that, um, that may be quite risky for you to get into a transaction.
1: Firefighters have put out an engine fire on a double-decker bus in Kowloon Tong. No one was injured in the blaze on the Kowloon motor bus nearby the Baptist Hospital. The incident led to traffic congestion on Waterloo Road heading to Chimsa Choi, with the queue stretching to the Kowloon exit of the Lion Rock Tunnel. The mainland has reported 46 new coronavirus cases, 36 of which were imported. Of the 10 local infections, 8 were in Heilongjiang, that borders on Russia, where authorities have been rushing to stem a new outbreak among those travelling back to China. France's foreign ministry has summoned the Chinese ambassador to protest at comments critical of the West's handling of the coronavirus, which were published on the mission's website. In remarks attributed to an unnamed diplomat at the Chinese embassy in Paris, The article accused workers at French nursing homes of having abandoned their posts and leaving residents to die. President Trump has announced he's instructing his administration to halt funding to the World Health Organization over its handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Mr Trump accused the WHO of mismanaging and covering up the spread of the virus. He said the UN body had promoted what he called China's disinformation, leading to a wider outbreak of the virus than would otherwise have occurred. Today, I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. American taxpayers provide between $400 million and $500 million per year to the WHO. In contrast, China contributes roughly $40 million a year and even less. As the organization's leading sponsor, the United States has a duty to insist on full accountability. In response, the United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres said now is not the time to be cutting the resources for the WHO or any other humanitarian organisation involved in the fight against the virus. Kelly Lee, who helps the WHO in the field of health promotion, agrees.
4: Many people believe that this COVID-19 pandemic is actually a warm-up to a more serious outbreak. So this is the time to really think about what powers we need to give WHO. What it doesn't have is the authority to enforce measures onto a member state. Do we need to give it supranational authority, for example? We have time now to rethink what WHO should look like so that we can deal with that more serious event in future.
1: Meanwhile, President Trump says he won't put pressure on any U.S. state to end its coronavirus shutdown. The president has caused controversy when he said he, and not the state governors, had the ultimate authority to end shutdowns. Meanwhile, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has outlined a broad framework for reopening the state's economy. Here's the BBC's Sophie Long.
4: Governor Newsom made it clear he was talking about modifications to and a loosening rather than a lifting of the current stay-at-home order. Likening any potential changes to the turning of a dimmer switch he warned California's 40 million residents that the new normal would be anything but normal and that physical distancing would continue. He declined to give a timeline for any changes but was hopeful that if in two weeks time the number of cases and hospital admissions had declined he may be in a position to give one.
1: Polling is underway for parliamentary elections in South Korea. The vote using paper ballots is taking place despite concerns that the coronavirus will affect turnout. Is the BBC's Laura Bicker in Seoul.
2: South Koreans are voting for 300 members of their National Assembly. It happens every four years, but there's never been an election like this one. First, voters must wear masks and stand a metre apart. Then they have their temperature taken and are squirted with hand sanitizer and given plastic gloves. If a voter's temperature is above 37.5 degrees Celsius, they'll be taken to a separate area to vote. Special polling booths have also been set up outside coronavirus treatment centres to allow patients to take part.
1: New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has announced she'll take a 20% pay cut along with her ministers and heads of public service agencies. In a coronavirus briefing, Ms Ardern told reporters the reduction was an acknowledgement of the financial difficulties currently faced by many New Zealanders. The former U.S. President Barack Obama has endorsed Joe Biden to be the next president of the United States. Mr. Obama had held off supporting anyone in the Democratic race while Mr. Biden was still being challenged by Bernie Sanders. He said choosing Mr. Biden to be his vice president was one of the best decisions he ever made. Joe has the character and the experience to guide us through one of our darkest times and heal us through a long recovery. And I know he'll surround himself with good people experts, scientists, military officials who actually know how to run the government and care about doing a good job running the government and who will always put the American
4: people's interests above their own.
1: Aviation authorities on the mainland have reported record falls in airline revenue and passenger numbers. Mainland airlines lost nearly 5 billion US dollars in the first three months of the year. The total number of air passengers in March fell by more than 70% compared with last year. Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,412. That's 22 points down on the previous close. To currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 107.8 yen, the euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 9 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 77 cents.
3: And now with the sports news, here's Adam Cheung. We start with football in the English Premier League where talks are underway that could see Newcastle United under new ownership. That would bring an end to current owner Mike Ashley's controversial 13-year involvement with the club, more from the BBC's Laura Scott. A
0: £300 million takeover of Newcastle United is said to be very close. The latest twist came as documents filed with Companies House showed a charge has been created involving one of Mike Ashley's companies and a company run by financier Amanda Staveley, who is leading the bid that involves Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund and the Rubin Brothers. The BBC understands the charge is a key step in laying the legal groundwork for a deal to go through. Given the on-off nature of previous takeover bids, there will be no certainty until a deal is completed.
3: With the suspension of most major sports across the world due to the coronavirus, there's a risk that many famous clubs in the English Football League will not survive the year. Here's a report from the BBC's Nigel Adderley. While the biggest
2: and richest clubs in the Premier League and elsewhere around the world have the resources to survive football's prolonged absence... Lower down the sports food chain, these are bleak times. Lower league clubs don't benefit from lavish television contracts and sponsorship deals. Beneath the Premier League are three divisions which were originally formed in the 19th century. They contain clubs with rich histories, but many rely on income they get from matches to survive. The league was halted over a month ago, and no games means no cash flow. Despite the crisis which has enveloped the sport, there has yet to be a coordinated effort to deal with it. Players' wages across the EFL are due to be paid later this week. And while there has been a recommendation from their union for a portion of those to be deferred, that may not be a lasting solution, as there is no clear indication of when football will resume. Many clubs outside the Premier League are owned by small businesses, who themselves are having to deal with financial hardship. The coronavirus pandemic will eventually come to an end, but it could have a lasting impact on the world's most popular game.
3: Mark Palios is the former boss of the English Football Association. He says many clubs are in danger.
1: I can't see many owners putting cash in in this current environment. It may be that they do, but you know it's unlikely because these owners down in the lower leagues will have businesses presumably which are also suffering because of the uh, COVID-19 situation.
3: Cycling's highest-profile race, the Tour de France, is set to be postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. That's after the French government said no mass gatherings can take place in the country before July the 15th. The 107th edition of the Tour was set to begin in Nice on June the 27th and conclude in Paris on July the 19th. And that's your look at sports.
1: Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A diseases expert says now's a good time to relax some of the lockdown measures imposed in Hong Kong as the number of COVID-19 cases falls. The head of Beijing's liaison office says Hong Kong needs to introduce national security legislation as soon as possible. And education authorities hint it's very likely the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education examinations will proceed as scheduled on April the 24th. The news from RTHK.
4: Good afternoon, and welcome to the 123 show this afternoon on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Karen Coe, and I'll be with you through till 3 o'clock this afternoon on this gorgeous day. It's 25 degrees outside. We have this high UV index, so if you're out there, make sure you have your sunscreen and your hat. A big thanks to James Ross for an action-packed morning brew. He really fit a lot of things in there this morning. Um, and we have a lot to fit in today as well. So tomorrow is World Voice Day. World Voice Day, celebrating our voices. So ahead of that, we'll be talking with David Pope, the founder of All Voice Talent, about The Voice not the reality show, the singing show, but the voices that you and I use every day to communicate. So I'll be talking to David just after 1.30. And after 2.30, Cruz McCalligan joins us again with her weekly audio column. And this one is going to be a fun one. It's all about sea monkeys. If you don't know what sea monkeys are and um, you didn't grow up with them, don't Google it. Wait for Cruz to come on to explain. Uh, I'm guaranteed it'll be an ear-opening experience and of course I'd love to hear from you if you have